Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Where's your prayer life today? A better question might be, where is your prayer life today? Are you prayed up uh, morning, noon, and night? Are you someone that prays occasionally? Are you someone that's been meaning to pray more and haven't been able to get around to it? Today, we're going to have an opportunity to pray together. Uh, one, uh, because prayer is so important. Secondly, because we need it. You need it. I need it. Our country needs it. And thirdly, as I mentioned to our church uh, yesterday uh, during our Wednesday night prayer service, we have a schedule that seems never end. And God has laid it on my heart as a pastor to block out time for prayer, both in the service as well as on the radio. So here we are. We're going to have a prayer service on the radio. Amen. It could be something new. It could be something exciting. I believe it's going to be very effective. And we're going to look at some scriptures, and then we're going to get into some prayer. If you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Proverbs 4, 1 through 5. As you're turning there, you may think about uh, Proverbs. What do you know about it? It's the book of wisdom. It's written by who? Mostly uh, King Solomon. Who's King Solomon? That's David's son, uh, the son of Bathsheba. And we'll see why that's important in a minute here. Proverbs 4, verses 1 through 5. Verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Okay, so that's verse 3. For I was my father's son. Who's the father? That's King David. Tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Who's that? That's Bathsheba. Verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Now we know that King David was a man after God's own heart. And here uh, Solomon is saying he, as in his father, taught him and said to him, let his heart retain whose words, King David's words, keep my commandments and live. And King David's commandments were, uh, I have to imagine, uh, like the Lord's commandments. And that would bring you life. Verse five, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Amen. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Okay, so what is Proverbs 4 doing here? Well, it's painting a picture of how we are to obey our parents, how we are to listen to our parents, how we are to understand the order of the family, who's in charge, who's boss, how we are to understand that they are oftentimes wise and giving us instruction and that we need to open our hearts and hear these words and live by the commandments they teach. We are to get wisdom, get understanding. The word get, that's an action word. It doesn't say let wisdom fall in your lap. Let understanding fall in your lap. A lot of Christians today think that they're going to get wisdom or get understanding by simply just sitting around and looking at the sky or going in, uh, you know, being like a lump on a log on a pew. You have to do more than that. You got to go seek it out. Amen. God expects us to be spiritually active, to use our muscles, so to speak, not to be spiritually lazy. Amen. God wants us to work for it. God wants us to seek it out. Matter of fact, God rewards those that seek his knowledge, his wisdom, 
diligently. Amen. How do we do that? We get into God's word. We seek it. We desire it. We look at God's word in a, a, a light as our uh, compass, as our point of truth, as our direction, and as great wisdom, as more valuable than gold and silver and everything else. That's God's word. Amen. So we look at Proverbs 4, 1 through 5. What we see here is a, a illustration of the family. And what we can do is make that comparison to our relationship with God, that we're the children, we're the child of God, and we are to hear the instruction of our Father. Who's our Father? That's God the Father, God the Heavenly Father, and attend to know understanding. So attend to know K-N-O-W, understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. That's verse two. What does that mean? That means that we should not forsake God's law, that he has good doctrine for us, that we should listen. This all sounds so simple, but yet we don't listen. And uh, here in verse three, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Uh, We are uh, our father's son, those that have been born again. Amen. We've been saved. We've been sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, We are God's. Uh, We have been bought with a price. He loves us so much, a great everlasting love. How much does he love us? So much that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for us. Amen. And we are to get wisdom, get understanding and forget it not and not decline the words of his mouth. Well, how do we not decline the words? That means we shouldn't just reject the teachings of God and reject the ways of God and reject the commandments of God. Look, God wouldn't have put this in his word if it weren't relevant for us today. And it's in God's word, God's living word, amen, that we apply to our hearts, that we live by because so many have gone afar off from him. So many have spiritually left the house been like the prodigal son and walked off and said, give me what's mine. Give me my inheritance. I'm gone. I'm going to waste it on riotous living. I'm going to live in sin. There's a lot of layers to that. You may be living perfectly legally, yet afar off from God. You may uh, be legalistic and yet afar off from God. You may be backslid and afar off from God. You may be uh, living in sin and you don't even know uh, what sin you're living in. I was talking to my wife the other day about a certain part of the country where the language is a, a little bit um, inappropriate, to say the least. And uh, a lot of people, we say, uh, maybe, maybe don't even know that they're doing it. They don't even know that that's a sin, what they're, you know, the words they're choosing to use. Amen. They don't even know they're living in this sin because that's how far off from God they are. They're not hearing the Heavenly Father. They're not uh, tending to know under, uh, to, to understand and know the instruction of God. They're not seeking out that good doctrine. They're, they're uh, transgressing the law and so on and so forth. So we need to understand that spiritually in the church today, many have turned their backs on God. Many have gone their own way. Many have decided that, hey, I want to be a Christian in name only, and I want to live like the world. Many churches have gone, and you know the story, gone and tried to be like the world and live like the world and say, let's get a and a, a special light system in here. Let's get some uh, big old uh, fancy music in here. Let's get some modern this, modern that, da, 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 go down the list. And all of a sudden you have a church that has taken away the core doctrine of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ, to fit in with the world, when truly the church should be pronouncing the core doctrine and the world should come and fit in with Jesus Christ. At Proverbs 4, 1 through 5 clearly points this out, that we are the children, he is the father. It doesn't say, hey, children, show the father what to do. Hey, children, act how you want and the father will be okay with it. It says, listen to his doctrine. It says to apply it, to get wisdom, get understanding, and not decline the, decline the words of his mouth. 
So we see here this father and child relationship, right? And we see here this kind of building of a healthy fear of God. And now I want to turn to one of the minor prophets, Hosea chapter 5. Hosea chapter 5. It's a short chapter. I'm just going to read it to you. And we're going to see uh, what this kind of relates to in uh, relation to Proverbs 4 and in relation to our prayer that we're going to have here in a few minutes. Uh, so chapter 5, verse 1, Hear ye this, O priests, and hearken ye house of Israel, and give ye ear, O house of the king, for judgment is toward you, because you have been a snare to Mitzpah, and a net spread upon Tabor. And the revolters are profound to make slaughter, though I have been a rebuker of them all. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hid from me. For now, O Ephraim, thou committest whoredom, and Israel is defiled. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God, for the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. And the pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity, and Judah also shall fall with them. Let me just stop here. We're in five verses, uh, five verses here into Hosea 5. That's Hosea 5, 5. What do we see? We see pride, pride. The father of all sins, pride. It's how the devil fell from heaven. Pride, it's what keeps us from repenting. I was just watching a testimony of a famous uh, saint of God, Nikki Cruz. Uh, you might recognize the name from uh, the, the uh, I think it's the sword and the switchblade, or the cross and the switchblade, excuse me, the cross and the switchblade. Um, and Nikki Cruz was saying his pride was keeping him from repenting. His pride was keeping him from turning to Jesus as he felt that conviction. Goodness gracious, do we see that in the ministry today? Not just from a salvation point of view, but from a repentance point of view. It's that pride. And here we have God uh, getting ready to judge Judah and Israel. At the time, there were two two separate uh, entities. He's going to judge them both for their pride, for their spiritual whoredom. What does that mean? That means spiritual adultery. That means God is our 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 um, uh, our wife, our, our husband, our marriage. He is our bond. We are yoked up with him. And then what do we do? We go cheat on him with another. Amen. We go cheat on God with the idol idols of this world and with, um, false gods like materialism and, and, uh, we, we cheat on him with our lusts and our sin. And we continue to practice adultery. Is this something that just happened back in old Testament times? Absolutely not. It's completely relevant today. Again, that's why I believe it's in God's living word. Moving right along. Verse six, they shall go with their flocks and with their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. So we see in verse six, what happens, what happens when we uh, draw the ire of God and we, we get God's wrath, oftentimes he withdraws himself. As a Christian, there's no worse feeling than, than believing and knowing that God is not there with you. Uh, having, uh, you know, think about this, having sin in your life, and you know that you've grieved the Holy Spirit, and you know that uh, God uh, can't hear your prayers and won't hear your prayers. You're not living righteously. You're living afar off from him. You know that the wages of sin is death. You know these things, and yet you're living in sin. It's the worst feeling in the world, because think about the opposite of that. When you're living righteously and you're living close to God, it's the best feeling in the world because you have that peace that surpasses all understanding because your father God is right there with you and your father God is the one that made you and that's what makes you feel complete. That's what gives you that peace that's like impossible to describe. Amen. Uh, 
Verse 7, They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have begotten strange children. Now shall a month devour them with their portions. Blow ye the cornet in Gibeah, and cornet would be like a trumpet, and the trumpet in Ramah. Cry aloud at Bethaven after thee, O Benjamin. Ephraim shall be desolate in the day of rebuke. Among the tribes of Israel have I made known that which shall surely be. The princes of Judah were like them that removed the bound. Therefore I will pour out my wrath upon them like water. Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment because he willingly walked after the commandment. Therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth and the house of Judah as rottenness. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent to King Jerob, yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound. Verse 13 shows how oftentimes uh, when we realize we're living in sin, we realize we're far off from God, what do we do? We seek the world's help and the world can't help us. And that's got to anger God even more because he's the one that has the cure. Amen. He has the sin cure. Who's that? That's Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us. And that provided our propitiation for sin. It paid our sin debt. Amen. And God's provided it. God's given us a way to seek it. God's given us a way to have salvation and then have sanctification and live uh, by Jesus for our entire lives, living, uh, being saved, and then living for him. Amen. Our works don't save us, but as James points out, without our works, our faith is dead. Amen. Here we go. Uh, verse 14, for I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction and they will seek me early. Woo. God's going to go away. He's going to withdraw as part of his judgment until his people acknowledge their offense, seek his face, and in their affliction, they'll seek him early. Well, isn't that true? So again, I know a literalist or Bible scholar may be sitting here today saying, Brother Clark, this is the Old Testament. This was uh, for the Jewish people. This is for God's chosen people. There's a lot of application here to us, the Gentile people, to those that have been saved, that are God's chosen, God's own, God's children. Amen. We're born again. That means if we're born again, we're born again. Now we're a child of God. Amen. And there's a lot of application to us living afar off from him getting hurt, acknowledging our offense, and then feverishly seeking the Lord, seeking his face because the affliction is so bad. And that's what he says here. Uh, when, I, when I read this, I just had to circle and say, oh my goodness, in their affliction, they will seek me early. You know, God's perfect. He knows all, he sees all. And this is perfect wisdom right here. In their affliction, they'll seek me early. Goodness, uh, I don't want to get too deep into COVID and everything, but when that happened, uh, I, from what I read, there was a lot of interest in the Lord. Uh, there was a up, uptick in everything and tithes and offerings and online views of content and in chat rooms like uh, uh, radio chat rooms about uh, Jesus or salvation information or so on and so forth. Different ministries are saying that their, their uh, stats were growing or even off the charts. In their affliction, they will seek me early. It, it took a pandemic. It took a house arrest, basically, to get them to go seek the Lord. And then I heard a stat. Oh, my goodness, it grieves me uh, that when the the lockdown was started to be lifted, I guess, in late spring, early summer, and it was a state like Wisconsin, somewhere out in the Midwest, 
that uh, immediately, like the day that it was lifted, there was a bar open and there was a, they reached full capacity, I guess, within minutes. And that there was a line out the door or whatever it was. Uh, you get the idea that basically as soon as the Lord allowed things to get a little better, what did people do? They ran back to their sin. They ran back to their sin. They didn't go to the Lord. They didn't seek God. Amen. They didn't uh, go and, and try to uh, get right with him and stay right with him. No. What did they do? They went back to the world. And if they were hurt again, they would go to man, as uh, verse 13 put it, that when they were to sickness and they had a wound, they, they went to the uh, King Jerob and, and the person couldn't heal him. Amen. Look, God is the great healer. God wants to heal his people. God wants to give mercy more than he does judgment. I believe it. Yet at some point, he will bring judgment. We've seen this already. He, Unfortunately, we know uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Amen. Uh, my hope and prayer is that he takes us out. We get the rapture very, very soon, uh, and he'll take us home. But uh, we are living in the last days. We're living in a great falling away, and that's why we're having this message here uh, today. So what does this all mean? It means that we are to listen to our Father, our great uh, Heavenly Father. We're to attend to His wisdom. We're not to forsake His law like Proverbs 4, 1 through 5 teaches us. We're to actively get wisdom and get understanding. And then as we do that and we read in Hosea 5, and we read about that understanding and that wisdom about what happens as God's people turn away from Him and what He does, we have to repent. We have to pray to God in earnest repentance. I mean, do, do you believe uh, that anyone here on earth is living without sin each and every day? No, we all fall short. And so what does that mean? That means that we all fall short every day and we all should be praying in repentance every day, seeking renewal from God, seeking forgiveness for our sins, seeking understanding of what those sins are so that we can remove them out of our lives and seeking a right spirit, a contrite heart, a, a, a way forward, a, a renewed Holy Spirit, a zeal a, to, to, for, to do good works, to live for the Lord, an understanding of his commandments. That's what we're supposed to do. And when we do that, God then starts to heal us. You know, Second Chronicles, I'm sure you might have thought of this one, Second Chronicles 7.14. And again, I'm sure you saw the scripture a lot with the election recently. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. See how Second Chronicles 7.14 mentions seeking his face, mentions uh, people humbling themselves, praying, turning from their wicked ways. That sounds a lot like Hosea, doesn't it? It really is a very similar verse of scripture here. And we see a cause and effect. Number one, it's if my my people, which are called by my name, not the sinner down the street, not the, the guy getting uh, drunk at the bar that doesn't know the Lord, uh, not the the, uh, the the thief or the, the, the drunkard or the, the uh, gambler and no one's, they're not saved, they're living uh, riotous, they're spending their money in, in bad ways and they're uh, voting bad politicians into office and they're committing crimes. Not them. No, God wants his people, which are called by his name, to humble themselves. 
Well, what does that mean to humble yourself? That means to realize who we are, realize God the Father, and that we are the Son, and that, you know, you go into the word uh, servant of God or bond servant. It really means basically slave. We are slaves to God. We've been bought with a price. Paul calls himself a prisoner uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are uh, not our own. And so we need to stop acting like our own. We are, our, our, our ways are not right. They're not his ways. And so what we need to do is we need to pray. So what I want to do here today is I want to lead you in a prayer to repent for ourselves, our sin and our turning from God, to pray for us specifically, you individually, me individually, to pray uh, in repentance to the Lord. I want to lead you in that prayer here. I hope and pray you'll join me in this prayer. I'm not picking on you. Amen. I'm not there with you. I don't know. God knows what's going on, but he laid it on my heart to preach this message. And it's been a blessing to me. Don't think that this preacher doesn't every single day that I, that I can remember. And that's most days, every single day I ask God to forgive me of all my sins and to point out what my sins are so that I may repent before him and so they may be pure before him and walk in victory with him and so that I can preach authentically to my congregation so that I can preach to you so that I can do it wholeheartedly. Don't think that I don't do this every single day. So let's walk through it. I'm going to go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, Thank you for this day. Thank you for anyone that might be listening right now. What a blessing, Lord. We, we just thank you so much for giving us another day. We know that you're the giver of life. Amen. We know that you've given us great things, especially in this country. You've blessed us with so much, Lord, uh, and you've got us through so much. And we could go back through uh, our time and, and see all the that you've delivered us from, Lord. And yet we, we know that deep down there's sin in our lives. We know that the best effort of man is nothing uh, compared to, to, to your ways. We know that your word calls our righteousness without you filthy rags, like a dirty gauze pad. We know it's awful, and we know it's offensive to you. We're asking you here today, Lord, to forgive us our sins, Lord. Every sin, the, the deepest sin, the, that one that we've tried to put away that we don't want to think about, uh, that, that thing that we did recently that was sinful and we, we should repent of it that we haven't, every sin that we have made, Lord, please forgive us of these sins. Wash us clean today, Lord. Let us get these sins under the blood of Jesus. Let us recognize that Jesus died so that we could have forgiveness of sin, including these sins, Lord. Make a new spirit within us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Bless us to be who you want us to be. Let us get pride and ego and arrogance out of the way and just be honest with you here today, Lord. Help us. Cleanse us of our sins, Lord. Help us renew a right spirit within us, Lord. Please, Lord, we repent of these sins. And that means that we understand that you hate sin and you will not stand sin and that you're 100% holy. And we understand that that sin that we have in our life is awful. And we don't like it either. And we don't want it either. We want to turn from it completely. We don't want to repent of our sin for today and go back to it tomorrow. Uh, like in your word, how it says a dog returns to its own vomit. We want to repent of this sin entirely forever. Amen, Lord. Let's get it under the blood, Lord. And whatever sins in our life, Lord, whatever we're struggling with today, please point it out to us. Show it to us, Lord. Reveal it through the working of the Holy Spirit. Show us our sin Give us, Lord, the knowledge to know what it is that, that we could 
do better, the, the behaviors that we have that are uh, a transgression to your law, to who you are, that break the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments that Jesus gave, Lord, help us, show us, and renew us, Lord. We pray this earnestly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you got one prayer down. I hope that was a help and a blessing. My encouragement is to do that prayer every day. Amen. Every day in the morning, get up, give it to God like that honest, candid. No, I didn't go through a bunch of repetitions. The Bible says, don't be like those that are just going through repetitions with empty prayers. We're being real with God. Amen. God wants us to be real with him. I promise you that. Amen. We're being real with God. Now we repented for ourselves, but there's another one that we need to repent for. I believe this. We need to repent for our country, our nation, and our culture, embracing sin and turning from God. So we repented of ourselves, of our sin turning from God. Now we need to repent for our country, our nation, and our culture embracing sin and turning from God. We need to take accountability for that. Uh, Hosea 5.15, again, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Are, Are we as a nation in affliction? I mean, that would be almost an understatement. You turn on the news and pick any kind of news you want. You turn it on and it looks like the world's absolutely falling apart. There's a, there's a, a riot in Peru. There's a trying to overthrow the government in Thailand. You got a typhoon in the Philippines. You got an earthquake over here. You got coronavirus everywhere. You've got a disputed election. You have a crime and murder. You have uh, uh, all of this affront against God of uh, transgender and homosexuality just being pushed to the forefront like it's okay when it's completely against the ways and the will of God. You have uh, government officials that are looking to fund uh, abortion clinics and give it more money to kill uh, what, what is not rightfully theirs to kill. That's a human life, a human life that, that happens at the point of consent. Exception, amen. We are in a wicked, wicked society. I can't let my kids watch uh, hardly anything on TV anymore, online anymore. It is absolutely gone haywire. And so just in case you wondered why I'm suggesting we repent for our country, that's why. So let's pray here. Let's repent for our country. Dear Lord, again, thank you for giving us another day. Thank you for giving us time together here, Lord. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for for forgiving our sins. Amen. Now, Lord, we ask you to forgive our country. Forgive our country. We are a wicked country. We are far off from you, God. We have done so many things wrong, Lord. We do not deserve the blessings that you have given us. We have taken all that is good and we have perverted it. We have gone our own way, Lord. We have turned off into sin. We've turned off into reproach. We are a, 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 a despicable group as a country. It is unbelievable what we've done to transgress against your word and your laws, to think that our country was founded by Christian believers, founded by people that not only knew your commands, but were saved and believers of you and would give you praise and help make laws to give you praise and help make laws that that helped surround our country in wisdom and, and all these things. And now here we are, we've gone afar off. Lord, forgive us. Lord, help us. Lord, please heal our land. Lord, please, please, please hear our prayer, Lord. We are calling out to you, Lord. We know if every church in America would pray this prayer, you would light this country on fire with revivals, and we would live in a blessed and prosperous land like we've never seen, Lord. Please heal our land today. 
And Lord, we just ask for forgiveness for our country, Lord. We, we're just a small group here, but we ask you, Lord, for forgiveness, Lord. We know you're able. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally here, I want you to think about praying a prayer of repentance for brothers and sisters in Christ and their sins and turning from God. 1 Timothy 5.20, them that sin rebuke before all, that all others also may fear. 1 Timothy 5.20, them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. When we call out sin, others will hear what we're calling out, and they may get right, even if that person doesn't. So let's pray quickly for all those that have gone afar off from God. Dear Lord, again, we thank you. We praise you for hearing our prayers, Lord, and those, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, probably everyone listening knows some, maybe we are some, that have gone afar off from you, that have been backslid, that are living for the world and not for you. God, please forgive us, forgive them, Lord. Help them get right with you, Lord. Their sin is not acceptable in your eyes, Lord. You will not bless that sin. They will not uh, walk righteously before you until they repent and get right with you, Lord. Uh, the, the, the sin is an absolute affront to what Jesus did on the cross, Lord. It's absolutely awful and, and despicable that we live in sin knowingly or willfully ignorant, Lord. Forgive us of our sin. Forgive our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let them know the sin. Let them see the sin, whether it be not being of a sober mind, whether it be having idols uh, like materialism or a sports team or an interest. Let let the uh, or someone's dealing with a pornography addiction or gambling, Lord, or drug addiction or someone that's uh, committing adultery, whether it's spiritual adultery or actual adultery, Lord, let them see that sin, Lord, for what it is, how disgusting it is. Let them understand that the wages of sin is death, Lord. Let them have that fear of you, Lord, the fear of God that absolutely gets them right with you, Lord, before it's eternally too late, Lord. Please, Lord, hear this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Wish I had more time to go through more here, but I hope this has been a help and a blessing to you. Keep praying, keep on the firing line, keep getting right before God. And if we do this, God will hear our, he'll hear our prayers and he'll heal our land. I believe it. Thank you so much. It's Pastor Clark signing off here. I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to KJV Cafe. As you learn the great truths in God's word, we encourage you to take the verses mentioned in this episode and study them 